welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fink. And we're back, man. Episode 109. Um, let's get right into it. But before we really get into it, we want to say, uh, give a huge thank you. Uh, we broke another milestone. We got mm-hmm. over 15,000 listeners now. So 15 racks. 15,000. I remember when we were at like at three or 4,000 and we was like, thank you. We can't believe we got this many. Mm-hmm. We got over 15,000 now. That's but crazy. That's dope, man. We're celebrating every milestone. And let this be a lesson. Is the milestones that are happening to us, it took us this long. We've been doing podcasting now over two years. So it's like <laughs> you start off, you know, you, you get the, the first, you get epi- up to episode 50, the 50th episode anniversary. Then you get the one year anniversary. Then you get the, what's the, what's the one after that? Was it the, uh, the 100 episode anniversary mm-hmm. after that? And then after that, then it was fucking the two years. And then it's, it just goes on and on. Basically, yeah. it takes you a while to get these accolades. Yeah. You don't get them overnight. You don't get them in two or three weeks or two mm-hmm. months. That shit mm-hmm. takes time. Yeah. I think about like Bill Withers when you, t- you told me the story about him, yeah. you know, not starting to write music until he was 32. Yeah. It's like, you know, we kind of started this podcast. Um, we're still young, but, you know, kind of late right. in our in our lives. And True. We... We just found a niche, and we yeah. we love to do it. We do it consistently, and this is this is the uh, the result of that, you know. And we just want to yeah. keep it going. We got big dreams and aspirations when it comes to this podcast. So, yeah, man. Hopefully, everybody keep listening. Legend has it that one day Bill Withers was making a burger, and then he just started singing like, "Ain't no sunshine." <laughs> <going." laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't realize he could sing until they ran out of burger uh, burger buns. Like, ain't no burger patties every <laughs> You know what's crazy? It's, a, it's so many, not not a lot, but it's a handful of musicians out there that are like that. Not You can't really just pick. There's some people that could just play the piano just by right. ear and stuff, but right, right. singing is different. There's like, there's a handful of people that, that have that same story. Like, they just start True. singing one day. Like, man, I just want to sing. And then they just go on to that, be you know superstars. Like that black dude in front of Walmart on Rosedale Highway with the saxophone. Oh, I ain't seen that. That dude is good, man. Nah. I give that nigga a tip when he starts doing it. He good? I never good, heard man. that. Damn. That dude is good. One day he was like, like, wow. I just, I was about to walk in the store and he stopped playing and then I stopped and I didn't realize I was, I was in traffic. You know how when you're in front of the store yeah. and the traffic going by? Yeah. And then even the traffic stopped. You thought you was in the elevator? Nah, I, just, <laughs> I don't know, man. I was, I was mesmerized. <laughs> yeah. All right, switching gears. Um, right now, we obviously know the the landscape of America uh, in regards to this virus. You know, people. A lot of people are still on edge. A lot of people is fed up. People protesting and shit. Right. Um, but here's the deal in regards to the protest. Yeah. Me personally, I believe in a peaceful protest. Right. I support that. But not at a time where your actions can affect everyone else. Yeah. You know, that's that's extremely selfish. And I think that, like I've said this many times, the number one thing working against the American people is the, our own freedom. Right? Yeah. Uh, we like, I'm free. I don't understand. This is ridiculous. You know, this don't make no sense. You tell us we got to stay inside. And yeah. it's like, dude, at the end of the day, this is not about your freedom. This is about the well-being of the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You can't even stay in the house. Look look at it. It was this lady, bro. This is how privileged Americans are. This lady was about like bursting in tears, mad, super passionate, holding up her sign. And she was protesting in front of Baskin Robbins. <laughs> 
So it's like you protesting and getting ice cream in the middle of protesting. <laughs> That's how fucking privileged you are. Yeah. It's ridiculous, dude. Well, one thing that I um, recently realized is that there is a lot of selfishness going on. And for myself, I had to go back to the definition to see like, because of, of course we know what the definition right. of selfishness is, but sometimes you can use a word so many times right. and not really fully be able to articulate what that word means. 100%. So I went back to the definition and I, and I realized like, yo, it's so many people that I'm surrounded by that are, you know, they move so selfishly. Exactly. And this is, you know, another case of that. So they're protesting to go back to work, right? Yeah. That was one reason is, to go back to work and open stuff up. Open yeah, up. yeah, um, and that you know that's you know the the epitome of selfishness. There's certain people, and the reason we're on lockdown is because this virus can spread. Right. Because they don't want to um, spread it to the, the the people that are um, the highly susceptible people, the elderly, the people with um, underlying health. Issues. Yeah, underlying health issues. And that's the reason we're on lockdown. But there's a lot of people that just because they want to go back to work because they're bored, because they want to make money, whatever, um, they would much rather work than keep the their their neighbor healthy. And you know, yeah. But I mean, there's so many levels to this. I think that a a lot of it, a lot of the reasons why they want the economy open are also valid. Meaning, you know, they can rely on a paycheck because they're working for that, but they can't rely on a government giving them a $1,200 check and then maybe not giving them money anymore. Yeah. They have a lot of uncertainty, so they have concerns. I get it, right? But people have turned the virus into an attack on their freedom when in actuality, that's not even true. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> in fact, we can get back to everything if you stayed your dumb ass in the house. Yeah. If you did that, matter of fact, it was the other day over off of Stockdale Highway, um, there was a protest going on, and some of these motherfuckers looked like they had underlying health issues. That's funny. <laughs> I seen this fat dude belly all hanging out like, we need to get the job back on. I'm like, bro. <laughs> he you, definitely had asthma as a kid. Bro, nah, if he didn't have asthma, he had a, a, just a, a incredibly bad obesity. <laughs> like, dude, you, you are morbidly obese. I'm sure you may have diabetes. You, you have underlying health issues. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing out? Are you just bored? I think a lot of people are just bored, dude. Not you think they are. <laughs> they say it every day, bro. I'm just tired of sitting in the house. I need to go to Walmart ten times, dude. I'm gonna tell you something. I don't really go out to these places much, but like, let me let me preface everything I'm about to say is that I am speaking from a place of privilege, based on the fact that I am working still, and I've never stopped working since. So I'm active. You know, I'm doing things that allow me to have sanity. You yeah, know, I've never gotten out of my program. So I'm I'm speaking from that space. But uh, I'll say this. Whenever I go to the store, any store at any time, it's always packed. Yeah. Um, Bakersfield has a significant uh, population, but not that significant. <laughs> you motherfuckers ain't got to have it packed all day. You just ain't got nothing to do. And they since you're bored, you want to be up in Walmart just walking around with your whole family. This yeah. is a pandemic, man. This ain't a fucking vacation. Yeah. Like, send your wife by herself. <laughs> or you go by her by yourself. Why you got the whole fucking family camping out in Walmart? Yeah. That's just stupid. Yeah. I think um, I speak from a place of privilege, too, because I'm an introvert. So I don't want to be around all those people anyway. So yeah. for the most part, I just be sitting in my office all day. You yeah. know, versus these people that just have the desire, the need to want to get out all the time i want to hug somebody i don't just i want to hug somebody it's like right man you gonna tell me you can't do my job not <laughs> what yeah 
You're from California. Why do you sound like that? I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sound like Boomhauer from King. Yeah, of I don't get I I don't know what the I, I, I do understand. I, I do understand that uh right. people need to get back to work and they right. they need to make money. They got they got bills to pay. Uh, I just think in that aspect the government failed us a little bit because um it was all these I wouldn't I don't know if they were rumors or ideas or whatever going around that you know, you don't have to pay your rent. Your rent is going to be, you know, deferred until after that. And then in reality, people were still asking for rent. Yeah. I know I had to pay my rent. Eddie had to pay his rent. So it's just like these bills don't stop. So I get why get why these people are out there. Um, it's, it's just it's a tricky situation, you know, and this is something that you can't really prepare for. You don't really yeah. pe- you don't really prepare for this uh, pandemic. You just nah, nobody's yeah. prepared for it. Not mm-hmm. even the fucking government. Yeah. Right. We've never had to shut any. We never had to shut anything down like this. We mm-hmm. never had to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, which it sucks. Uh, but let's be clear. Um, anybody, most people that's protesting, they their take is this is just a mild flu. You need to just let everybody go back. This is ridiculous. Let me be very fucking clear. Does this seem like it's a mild flu? Yeah, it kind of does. But another thing that's also true is that we don't know what this is. This is a new virus. Stop trying to conflate this with other things. This many people die of the flu every year, and this many people—that is a—that is a just a raggedy talking point. Yeah, it, you cannot conflate a virus with another one when you don't know shit about this one. You don't know what long-term effects it has. You don't know anything, right? I don't know that much about it. The government—they're still learning it, right? So the problem is—is is you have to rely on the advancements in science. What happens in science is things constantly change. You know, one year they'll say eggs are healthy, and then five years later they say eggs are terrible for you. Mm-hmm. That's what science is. Yeah. It's the constant development of new information, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of you motherfuckers hear one thing and say, yes, yeah, the mild flu. Well, that's what they said fucking two months ago, goddammit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Today, nobody really knows. Mm-hmm. Don't assume it's that. Another thing, too, this is what I will say. Eventually, we will all be back to normal, right? That's what I want. Do you think, like, I want to stay in a fucking house? No. I want some pussy, man. Okay? Oh, my God. <laughs> Been a while, goddammit. <laughs> like, it's... it's. I want everybody to be back to normal, but I want us to be healthy. And it has nothing to do with me being scared. It has everything to do with me wanting to be cautious and not... Give this shit to my dad. I haven't seen my dad since this shit went down. So it pisses me off when I see a bunch of motherfuckers protesting and I haven't even went out to see my dad. But you got your dumb fat ass on Stockdale Highway with breathing issues that you're going to pass this shit on. I know you want to get out the house. I know. But sit the fuck down. Jesus, man. Yeah. It's really frustrating. <laughs> you hit it on the head. I don't. I don't have nothing else to say. Yeah, man. All right, we can just move along. Uh, switching gears. Uh, the blessing loom game. Um, before I talk about this, I want to read definition per definition uh, what a pyramid scheme is. Pyramid scheme, a form of investment illegal in the U.S. and elsewhere, in which each party, each paying participant, excuse me, each paying participant recruits two further participants with returns being given to early participants using money contributed by later ones. That is a pyramid scheme by definition. 
right? Um, a lot of you motherfuckers invested in the pyramid scheme, and you try to say it wasn't a scam, but it was. Anybody recently has seen the blessing loom? It's like a circle with a bunch of triangles in the middle, and the person in the middle got to recruit people, and then they put money in, and then once the person in the middle get paid, they done. Everybody yeah. else just stuck. <laughs> yeah. What? And this, what is it, $100? To it's $100 to make 800 I guess. And the person in the middle got to recruit a bunch of people. So you get a bunch of Joe Blows to fucking put $100 in. And then they're like, wait a minute, where's my money? Yeah. And it's like, motherfucker, you fucked up. That's what happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it, it's one of the... This thing annoys me uh, for a couple reasons. The, the the biggest thing that I take from this whole blessing loom game is that instead of it's a we it kind of goes back to that that Atlanta episode that we spoke about before where um, basically they were talking about investing the whole theme of the, right. of the episode was investing um, and in this case the people do have the money right they do have a hundred dollars because they're just giving it up right. but they just don't have the patience to wait it out they don't have the patience to right. invest in something today and then it pay dividends two three four years later in the in this instance they're looking for this instant gratification right you know so that that's what annoys me the most about this thing um also from from my perspective um i've never been I never done this kind of pyramid scheme, but I have been one. There was some earlier. There was this one called uh, Venmo that was going around like 2011 ish. Basically, you're selling uh, energy drinks, and you know I got caught up in it, and and it wasn't more. I think obviously it was a, like a stupid idea, but for me it was more so like just kind of testing the like like exercising my entrepreneurial spirit, just because right. that like the they had a good pitch also and. You know, you had to invest a little bit of money and I ended up losing a lot of money, but it was kind of one of those things where I was just trying things out. And um, You want to make money? Try this. Yeah. Keith was sold. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but basically, you, you like, it's the same idea. It's not that the this Blessing Loom game is a little bit more like, it's a little bit more lottery, has a mi- little bit more lottery feel to it. But the Venmo thing, it was... Basically, like you're selling energy drinks and you get someone to sign up under you. And, right. you know, you if they get someone to sign up under them and you just basically get a percentage of all their earnings. Yeah, it just turns into a fuck fest. Yeah. Yeah. So, it was like, Keith, you want to make some money? And Keith was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah. Yeah. But uh, honestly, man, uh, even people that I respect, like I see I seen them playing this game. And it's like, dude, you don't realize that this is a fucking pyramid scheme and playing this game is illegal. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody if somebody reported to you, you could get in trouble for playing this game. Mm. Yeah. Pyramid schemes are illegal. I don't know how many people realize that. But yeah, uh, you shouldn't be playing these fucking games. Not to mention, it's kind of ironic that this game popped up again once everybody got them goddamn stimulus checks. Yeah. Because, you know, wasn't a lot of people making money during this shit. And all of a sudden, the stimulus checks came, and people start consuming. You know what's hilarious is when I whenever I'm at work, I see literally like, especially in LA, at least about seventy five percent of traffic traffic has been removed from the from the highways. But once them twelve hundred dollars stimulus checks hit, I start seeing motherfuckers coming out of the bushes. I was like, "Whoa, yeah, what are you guys doing out here?" Yeah, yeah, people was waiting to consume, and then. 
they put that hundred dollars down trying to get eight, but it's like that's not gonna work because you're recruiting motherfuckers that ain't got no money. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 my friend, um, that same oh, it was like last week or something. Uh, one of his friends had got word of the whole blessing loom game, and he was blowing him up all morning, all morning, oh just calling him back to back, like, "Hey, bro, you trying to sign? You trying to sign?" It's like, no, I'm not trying to sign up. Like, I'd rather save my $100 and spend it on something that I know can actually help me. Some food or something. Not no stupid pyramid scheme. It'll turn you you into a con man real quick. Mm -hmm. Y'all, I'm telling you, it's not a scam, bro. I'm telling you, this is legit, bro. I'm making my money. Somebody else made Mm -hmm. their money, too. So you can put your money in. All you got to do is put $100 in, bro. I promise you, you make your money. And you you still waiting on it. Yeah. And you ain't going to get shit. You never get no money. You ain't never going to get shit. Mm-hmm. They they asked uh, it was a sheriff of police I forgot what city I think it was in Atlanta or somewhere and uh, they said he said said um, yeah you got to use your common sense that's how you you know <laughs> yeah use your common sense you put a hundred dollars and you got to keep recruiting motherfuckers it's like come on mm-hmm. it's a pyramid scheme man yeah that's that's ridiculous the motherfucker at the top is like Haha, look at you bitches <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I just you know people out there save your money you know this whole pyramid scheme I in 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 my and to me, I would much rather work for my dollar. Right. I don't want or have my dollar work for me, not no pyramid scheme or something like that. Like it just it's just too. Un- he, that's the thing he said, too, is he said, if it's too good to be true, it's probably not true. You know what I mean? And this pyramid scheme is is just too good to be true. You know, you just you can't just wake up and have eight hundred dollars just from, you know, doing nothing without legally, at least. So. True, true. Um, what what's worrisome about this shit is the fact that the same people falling for these scams are the same motherfuckers that vote in elections. That's scary, man. Yeah. That means all you got to do is, is 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 know how to game these people up, and they will vote for you. If yeah. you you could tell a bold faced fucking lie, and they'll run to the polls and vote for you, because these are the same motherfuckers that fall for internet scams. But also, a lot of them don't vote too. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of them also vote. <laughs> yeah, and they probably drink bleach. But here's the, <laughs> thing. Here's the hmm. thing, man. Like we talked about the motherfuckers eating Tide Pods and shit. Mm-hmm. It's like these people really exist, man. Yeah, I will never, ever, ever underestimate how stupid this motherfuckers is in this world. I will never do that again. I will never underestimate the amount of complete just idiocy. I hope I use the right word but i will never underestimate it again yeah i mean you got the president you know he's he pr- proposing people to you know inject what is he say? what did he say um he talked about disinfectants yeah right? but here's the deal he didn't verbatim say to inject uh disinfectants in your body he didn't yeah do that. that question was preposterous but, so yeah but the question was preposterous I think as the president of the United States, you should know better than tell motherfuckers like he's talking, <laughs> he's talking to the the smart dude. I forgot who it was. The 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 dude that did the research. I forgot what it was, but mm-hmm. it was two of them there. And Dr. Fauci wasn't there for this one, but he was looking at that guy, and he's like, "So what about the disinfectants? We see that you know UV rays and this does that. What he needs to stop doing is this address address the American people, but like don't get caught up in the science part." Mm-hmm. It's okay to not know something just because you're the president. You do not have to know everything. Yeah, I mean, we don't even expect him to know much about this virus. No. We understand that he's, uh, you know, uh, a businessman that you know just so happened to be the president. We're not, we're not thinking he's this Nobel Peace, you know, 
prize winner. So. Right. Just like the the uh, before was the the hydrochloroquine. Hydrochloroquine. They found out that it was not helpful at all. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about it. And it's like, dude, you don't have to talk about. Yeah. This stop shit. giving us information stop, about. Just stop. Share us like some statistics and what the That's what it. the plan is and and move on. That's don't it. try to be a scientist. Don't try to be. Let them be the scientists. Because at the end of the day, what what he needs to understand is that if something is I don't know in, inadequate or whatever, then it's on the scientists. It's not on you now. Yeah. So it's not passing the buck. If you don't know, then you don't know, and that's okay. Yeah. Just because you're the president, I don't expect you to fucking know everything. Uh huh. You know, but God that's damn. why you have a cabinet and stuff. Exactly. But when you pose the question about injecting bleach, you should know that that's just fucking stupid. Yeah. And if you try to defend it, you are gonna sound extra dumb. <laughs> that's why, like, um, I don't want to go on a tangent, but I don't care who it is, P Diddy, Jay Z. Doesn't matter. I hold them accountable. When I don't agree with some shit, I'll be like, yo, that was just fucking corny. That was a lie. You know, yeah. or that wasn't good. Mm-hmm. You have to realize, even the people you respect, right? I'm not going to go in on Trump because it's be a waste of my time. But even if you respect them, you voted for them, you're conservative, you're liberal, whoever you are, stop just agreeing with motherfuckers because they reflect your political beliefs. If they say some dumb shit, don't support it because you look dumber than the person that said it. Yeah. You got to be careful, man. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Uh, switching gears. Pastor Tony Spell, right? Another pastor being a rebel with this goddamn virus. Tony, Reverend Tony Spell is flirting with death yet again because he's defied authorities again and, it, and jammed people into his church despite being on house arrest. Spell displayed his ankle bracelet uh, to his congregation saying it was a crying shame that people have to hide. Unlike most reasonable religious leaders, he has not been performing services virtually. Shockingly, Spell blurted out that his congregation is practicing social distancing because if they were self-quarantined in the same house, they were told not to touch. That's not social distancing. It means physically being at least six feet away, which they weren't. So we got another pastor opening a church during a pandemic. If your church is open right now during a pandemic, that's not a church. It's a fucking cult. Okay? You are the leader of a goddamn cult if your church is open. And you got motherfuckers drinking the Kool-Aid like a motherfucker. Yeah. Um I, I to me it's sad because um you know me I'm a, I'm a Christian and I I haven't been to church in in some months, but I uh you know, I pray, I read the Bible and and all and all those things, but it gives uh it gives a bad rap to religion and Christianity. And there's there's a lot of good churches out there, and there's a lot of good pastors out there. But what happens with these kind of people is that they speak for the masses. So there's this church, you know, here in in, in California or anywhere in the country where the the pastor is is uh he's he's running a an amazing church, you know, he, he, everything is on the up and up. He's doing great things for the community. You know, he's not skimming off the budget and all these kind of things. And then you got past what's his name? Snail spell, no, Tony spell, yeah. pastor, Tony spell, who's basically breaking the law. Um, and basically 
he just keeping the church open so that he he could probably get the ties and you know just keep his uh his mortgage paid and keep money in his pocket because he got a car note and all these different yeah, things man. um there's no reason for you to be physically in a church you can you no. can you can go in a church set up some cameras you know have a small praise team around you and you know present this church through facebook just like you know the majority of other churches and religious uh people around the country there's no reason to physically be inside of a church with a packed congregation and the people that are in there are just as ridiculous as him they're yeah. in there praising and touching each other and yeah. laughing and it's just like it's Bro, just complete nonsense it's a motherfucking cult that's what they do in cults and what a lot of these pastors don't realize is that the, the fucking con- the congregation is praising the pastor instead of god yeah and it's it's sick, man. And they was up in there like with their hands all in the air, like, "Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much." Like, mm-hmm. you can talk, you can pray to Jesus all you want, but at the end of the day, you know, um, you're making a huge mistake right now. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that the, the smartest thing. I don't think that it's smart to praise the Lord when you can hurt people by doing it. The Bible also says obey the law of the land. Exactly. So if you're breaking the law and then you're praising God, it's just like a, a complete contradiction. Exactly. So, yeah, just listen to the law. You know what I mean? Stay home. There's uh, plenty, plenty of services and sermons on the Internet and that are streaming online. Uh, there's no reason to physically be in a church. Um, there's thousand there's hundreds of hours thousands of hours of documented sermons and stuff right. if you wanted to have your small you know church in your house or whatever on a sunday you could you could still do that what happens though with with christianity and religion is that like the word religious like religiously you know comes from that same root word in that people are so like their uh that's their structure you know what i mean they don't know anything else on sundays but to go to church and some and that can be good or bad because in these kind of situations you're not even thinking about anything outside of this this routine that you have. And you know, you're gonna essentially, you know, routine yourself to death because this coronavirus is real and it's really killing people. Yeah, I just think it I f I don't feel bad. I can't say I feel bad for people, but I feel a certain type of way about people who have underlying health issues that go to these churches that we are going to be all right. We're in the house of the Lord. Okay. When you go home and you sick and you coughing, and then now your grandmother is there and she ends up hopefully not dying, but damn near dying because you wanted to go to church. It's, it, it literally has, it takes people to have a personal situation for them to take the shit serious. Yeah. They have to be able to personalize it. Mm-hmm. You know, and people say, you know, it's a crying shame that we hide it's this is a virus, folks. Do you not understand? And you're not hiding. You're just staying in the house. You stand in the house. Yeah, you don't have anything else to do anyways. Yeah, look here, man. This is this is what doesn't make sense. You got people protesting, you got people mad saying this is this is, you know, uh infringing on their freedoms and things of that nature. And they are actively protesting. Cause what he's doing is is the form of a protest, right? And a lot of people are supporting him. They're like, you know, I support my pastor. I support these people that are out here. Let me be very clear. Remember, there was a football player that took one knee, and a lot of people didn't like it, and they said he was being disrespectful to the American people, to the veterans, and things of that nature, right? Mm-hmm. Now, 
I'm not saying you should, should support Colin Kaepernick, but what I'm saying is you should support logic. Logic is that when he took a knee, he wasn't hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. But you are doing a public protest, and you could potentially hurt people and give them a fucking virus. Mm-hmm. So logic would tell you that you're fucking up. Yeah. And people, for some reason, they can't comprehend that. They'll say, oh, Kaepernick, man, he's disrespecting the American people. He's disrespecting this and that. So I think that the biggest form of disrespect is taking your stupid ass out to a big group of people where there have been people documented dying from the fucking coronavirus and you still out doing this? Mm -hmm. That That is the definition of hypocrisy. Yeah. You look at one person displaying his displaying his freedom and his right to do what he was doing. And I also support the people that are protesting now, but I don't support them in this moment. Okay? In this moment, I don't fuck with y'all. But if you was doing it any other time when it ain't no virus, I can't say nothing about you. It is your constitutional right to protest. But during a pandemic, are you serious? Yeah. I mean, the about like just the most simplest way to put it is he's breaking the law. Like, first of all, he's on house arrest, yeah. and he's also having a, a meeting of it was the church was pretty packed. It was probably yeah. like what, like fifty people in there or something oh, like that. Man, you know that that church that fucking collection plate went around a few times. Yeah, he's like, I don't care about none of this. Pastor collection plate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the yeah. show must go on. I guess you also need to realize this. I know people are going to hate this, right? But church is also business. So if he's not in there with his nice suit on, looking good, speaking to the congregation, then, uh, yeah, he ain't going to have no money coming in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 I, but, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't be able to still donate virtually. They'd have those. I'd have, like, PayPal set up yeah. connected to, uh, you know, certain the church websites and stuff. But I think they know in their heart that people are less likely to to donate when they're not physically there. And probably also some people that probably donate the most might be the elderly. And the yeah, elderly, they don't even know how to use yeah. the... They're like, I want to give money, but I don't know what a pay... What is a pay friend? I don't know what a pay friend pay is. Friend, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, you guys be safe, man. Don't If somebody opens the church right now, don't fuck with it, dude. And yeah. I'm not saying that from a place of, you know, you know, I believe in God, okay? But yeah. I'm not speaking from a place of like, uh, church haters or nothing, but yeah. this is just not the time, man. This is not the time. Mm-hmm. I know some of the biggest holy rollers that ain't going to church. Yeah, I know. You know, I know a lot of people that's watching their sermons on the internet on the on Sundays and watching a lot of Facebook lives of different different services. So if the if those are the you know those people that are religiously at church every Sunday and you know prayer you know prayer meetings on monday and all these things and then they stop going to church you should do the same yeah definitely switching gears how has the coronavirus affected dating and this is a personal one right uh with me i feel like right now people are more a little bit more secluded dealing with their families don't get me wrong i know there's some people that are still fucking out here for sure oh yeah for sure they're getting some dirt they're fucking but Mm -hmm. That Corona dick. Yeah, but like the type of... Yeah, definitely. They're getting some of that dried up uh, COVID-19 pussy. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, But yeah, I I think um, it's definitely been... Dating has been compromised a little bit due to the the current landscape. Yeah. Um, 
and I use myself as an example. I think that it's a little different when everyone's in. You know, I can't. I like to take women out, like actively, like on dates, like have conversations and shit. And I can't take anyone out based on yeah. the fact that everything's closed. And I can't just say, "Hey, come over to my house," because you know, women aren't just going to be down to do that. Now, there's some that want to fuck, but the problem with that is I, I don't trust that because that means she's probably be getting Corona dick. Elsewhere. Somebody else hitting her, yeah, yeah. Somebody else hitting that, and then she comes over here and she gives me COVID nineteen. That COVID, that COVID coochie. Yeah, give me some fucking COVID coochie. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. People are basically treading. They're 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 treading lightly right now. But yeah. I, I think there there'll be a there's a pretty good uh there's a way around it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the problem with it is is a booty call can turn into a call to nine one one. So I don't know about yeah. right. You know? <laughs> I was messing with Eddie last night. Now I'm sick. I have a fever. Mm. I'm like, I didn't give you that. I ain't got Corona. Yeah. It was like, Oh my bad. It was the other guy. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. I think, but one thing too, is that a lot of, uh, a lot of us meet through the internet anyway. Exactly. So, you know, um, obviously you can't, you can't meet in person right now, but it is right. an opportunity to, Kind of, uh, you know, yeah, line your, yeah, line your females up, line your men up, um, and just wait till this, this thing is over. But it's definitely, I know it's a a lot of people that are still out here doing their thing. Yeah. I just, I know people personally that are still out here, you know, acting like we don't have a pandemic going on. Exactly. Cause I mean, people are not going to allow a virus to, you know, fuck up their, you know, their sex life or whatever the case. Yeah. You know, there's some people that are responsible, and I respect that. Like, I, I had a conversation. I leave the woman nameless, but we had a conversation, and uh, you know, one thing led to the next. And I was like, "Hey, you could stop by and hang out." Mm-hmm. And she was like, "I can't do that." And I was like, "I respect that." You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I was totally trying to fuck her though. I totally was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I totally was, man. Yeah. Yeah, but I think you could come up with a dating site that, um, like, you call it like Corona Safe or something. Like if you you could uh, submit your test results, and uh, she submits her test results, yeah, and then it'd be like uh, just got it two three days ago, and you could go on dates based on uh, you know COVID tests. The thing about that though is that in those two two three days, you still could have contracted it just by yeah. unless you're just sitting in the house. Who knows? That's true. You could have contracted it, but I mm-hmm. mean, look, man, if you if you got your Corona test, if you guys made like, all right, I'm going to get my test. Oh, you're getting your test. What what if what if you had a date, but you you had it set up at the hospital where you go and get the test? Yeah, and you guys match up at like Memorial Hospital. Then you can have your date inside the little the little kitchen and or the little lunch area. Dope. That'd be dope. That'd, That'd be, be like you know Vanessa is COVID free, <laughs> uh, and then you be like you guys matched, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she's like, um, you want to fuck? That yeah, that'd, that'd be, be lit. Dope. That'd be lit right there. <laughs> just cut through all the bullshit. Yeah, the coronavirus is just like people like, okay, you ain't got corona. All right, cool. Yeah, <laughs> they should have like a, a Tinder like section, but like have a little corona corona free section. That'd be that'd be crazy because you only you go on Tinder just to have sex anyway. So if you go in there and you know that uh, the person you're dealing with or you match with ain't, ain't got the coronavirus, it just kind of expedites the process. Yeah, man. I don't fuck with Tinder. I don't have any day naps. Like, I, I haven't had that for quite some time now. Yeah. It's just bad energy on there, man. 
I mean, if you're a certain age, you could rock with it. But, yeah, you know. definitely. Like, I could use it because I'm a single dude, mm-hmm. and, you know, but at the same time, it's just the way I look at women on there, this is very warped view of women on there. Yeah. It's not healthy, man. Yeah. Like, they, they, they do the same, though. You yeah, know. they do. It's a walking dick. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, okay, Eddie McGee. Okay, what kind of dick does he have? <laughs> that's all, that's all you Yeah. Like. Yeah, man. But yeah, just anybody out there that's single, just continue to be safe. Yeah. You know, eventually, you're going to do what you're going to do. And it's a slippery slope because you don't know what the other person's been doing. But I, you're taking these same chances when you go eat fast food, though. Yeah. Believe it or not, like when you go to Jack in the Box, you might be going to Rona in the Box, eating a fucking Rona chicken sandwich and not know it. Yeah. So you never know. You're taking risks. But I, I feel like that you, you it's a possibility of getting it. But if you're having sex with somebody that got the coronavirus, you definitely getting it. Yeah, you definitely getting it. Ain't no way around that. Yeah. If if I if my thing is this, every time I have sex now, I got to go all in because I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to get Rona, I'm going to have to fuck the shit out of this. Yeah, <laughs> this going to be my last time. Yeah, this could be my gotta last time. I got to really get it in. I'm going to fuck the shit out of this girl. <laughs> Before I get the Rona and get sick and get a fever and shit. <laughs> yeah, might as well. Fuck it. Yeah. All right, switching gears. Um, is arguing good for relationships? Um, this We just, me and Keith are having a conversation. And it just kind of, I don't know where this came from. But mm-hmm. I thought about it. And I heard some experts like dating coaches and people like that that say you know um, arguing is good for relationships i disagree with that I, I disagree because conversations are but not arguments i think that if you're with someone and they're yelling and you're yelling and that is your communication then that relationship is not going to last yeah right? and i respect if i'm with someone i respect her too much to yell in her face if she starts yelling, I'll be like, hey, you don't have to yell. Let's let's just talk about this. Yeah. Let's just talk. I'm not going to talk over you. I'm not going to yell. Just say what you need to say. Mm. Right? I just think a lot of women get hyped up, too, because they've been in relationships with most men that yell at them, and they yell at the dude, and now- It's just a shouting match. It's a, match, it's a shouting match. It's a huge cluster fuck, and they're just mad. Yeah. I'm not that type of dude. Like, I want you to get it off your chest, but I want you to articulate it. I think that you're you're not articulating the words that come out of your mouth very well when you're yelling at me. Yeah, you're just trying to say things that hurt me. That's all you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're gonna have a hurt contest. Like, that's why you like this, and I'll be like, well, that's why you like this. Yeah, there's no re like nothing really smart comes out of your mouth when you're yelling and arguing. Yeah, I think the best time is when you know. Like, say your girl piss you off or something happens and you want to say something in that moment and you let it go and you chill and you chill and then fucking four hours, five hours goes by. And she might be in a good in a good mood and you'd be like, babe, um, earlier you said this and it just, I don't know, it just kind of, it just, I just didn't seem right. And then they'd be like, well, why are you all mad now? You want to bring it up? Everything was fine. And now you want to get mad? I'll be like, look, I don't want to yell. I just had to tell you because it was on my heart to tell you that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to let shit linger. And then you'll, because that's how you blow up on people. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you have to tell them concurrently when they do something fucked up. Like when they do something that pisses you off, you, you do it at least in the same day, man. If you let that shit go on for two, three months, you're just going to be yelling. <laughs> That's why you always do this. And they're like, you never told me. You That's know? why you got a little dick. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that would be crazy. That would be hilarious. That's what happens in arguments because people right, be arguing right. 
and then it just takes one tangent, and then it's not even about what you originally argued about. Right, right, right. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm right there with you. I don't think that arguing is, uh, is a good thing in a relationship because I, I've been around people and I've, you know, experienced different situations where, like, there was too many arguments. Like, it always right. seemed to be something, and those relationships always ended very badly right. um so I, I i do think that not necessarily i don't know what you would call it but maybe the i guess whatever that that positive version of an argument is whether it's a, a conversation or a debate or or whatever those are those are healthy in in relationships because at the end of the day you're dealing with two different people that grow up two different ways right, exactly you know two different walks of life two different gender gen, well sometimes the same gender but you're just two different people so it's a little different nowadays yeah I, god dang yeah we need a uh need a lgbtq plus community uh what do you would call it like a secretary to yeah. check us every time we say this uh heteronormative Things. Any any trans out there? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know what's crazy that that would be considered offensive. Yeah, I don't even know how I would be able to say it. Yeah, how does that work? <laughs> Never mind. I'm done. I was going. I was going to take it somewhere let's, else. Let's, let's, kill this. <laughs> let's kill this conversation. <laughs> Edit point. <laughs> yeah. I'm just playing. But yeah, I think. Um, I think the, those tough conversations are are necessary because, like I said, it's it's a people from different walks of life, and uh, you're coming into it with you know with your own historical context to to a relationship and their own mm-hmm. historical context to a relationship, and um, you know it's bound to happen. But as long as you're you're having a, a a real conversation and both of you are able to get your point across and each of you are are listening to one another. Then um, it's 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 good, but when people start yelling, you know, people start throwing out disrespectful things. Yeah, um, this nigga Mercy is calling me. Oh man, yeah, we doing a podcast. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but yeah. So um, that's where I stand. Yeah, um, yeah, dude. I, I just think ultimately, um, conversations are great. Arguments fuck shit up. I don't want to keep beating down the same point. Yeah. But I'm sure there's a lot of people that are dysfunctional that argue all the time and they will say I like arguments because we get it all out on the table. No you don't you fucking idiot. You don't get it on the table. You get all the bad stuff on the table. Yeah. But you don't really know how each other feel because all it is is really bad arguments. And then the dysfunctional motherfuckers, they probably just have makeup sex. Like, yeah, I was going to say that. They mad and then they fuck. It's like a little game they play <laughs> to make themselves feel like they're interested when in actuality, like you are just making yourselves. Look, here's the problem. When you do things like that, you are making yourself very, very wrong for anybody outside of the relationship you're in. Yeah. So let's say you break up with the person, right? There is nobody that is going to be as dysfunctional as you that will really make that work. Now, there's some. It's definitely some people out there. Mm-hmm. But it's some women, man, I couldn't even deal with them. It's like they wanted me to fight them. Yeah. Like they wanted me to yell at them. Like, you're just so calm. I don't get You're just really calm all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm normal, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm fucking normal. Okay? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to argue with you. I don't want to fight with you. <laughs> I just want to have a conversation. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, I mean, that's so. Cr- the crazy part is, you know, like I said, you you're coming into these different relationships with with everyone's past right. involved, and 
you you're almost an anomaly when you're uh when you're just a normal person like if you're not if you're not escalating arguments or whatever if you're talking like a human being you're not you know you're articulating yourself during an argument um then you're looked at as like you know some weirdo Bruh, I, I was on a date with this chick, dude, and she told me straight up, like, yeah, you're you're hiding something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I swear to God, dude, she kept telling me you're hiding something. I don't know what it is. You're hiding something. I said, well, I don't understand. Like, we just met. I don't get what, what, why you would insinuate that I'm hiding anything. Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't I don't think you're hiding anything, but she probably was fucking hiding something. Yeah. Like, you're questioning me, telling me I'm hiding something, when in actuality, you're the, probably mother- you. you're the motherfucker hiding some shit. Yeah. For certain. Mm-hmm. And I think for you to for, like for a woman to put you on a hot seat, not so much on a hot seat, but to it's almost like they're um, uh, interrogating you in a way. Yeah. And it's like, yo, you don't have a right to do that, dude. Yeah. You know, and it comes from their dysfunctional background. The men that they've dated they're what women don't re- like what they don't realize. And this is from a man's perspective. What women do and they don't even admit it to themselves is every dude they date, they compare them to multiple dudes that they've already dated oh yeah i think inherently a lot of us do that but at the same time i think women are like they look at the worst example of a man they had and they try to make those characteristics real in a person in a man that's not even doing nothing wrong yeah and it's like look i know your ex-boyfriend used to like slap you every now and then but i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna do that i might slap your ass but i ain't gonna slap your face right i'm not gonna hit you only from the back that's the only time i'm doing (laughs) I'm not going to dog you out. I'm going to hit you doggy style. Yeah, that, <laughs> I'm not going to dog you out. I'm going to dog that pussy out. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. I wish what? we had a woman. I wish we had a woman on this episode so we could talk to her and get her, pick her brain about this. I have a question, though. Like, I feel like there's, um, and obviously, where you know I'm my uh, in your mid thirties, I'm in my late twenties. Mm-hmm. So we're we're at an age where um, you know people are like recently single. They've gotten out of long relationships. They've right. you know they've been in by now. You've been in multiple relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want like how difficult and not how difficult it is is it to find a lifelong partner and not difficult in the sense of like actually finding them mm-hmm. like how difficult is it to discern whether like a person mm-hmm. is like good enough for you wow I, I think that you won't have that answer until you're in it yeah i think that if you're a person like me that's that's single at this age i think that the thing about it is that people have told me things like you you probably missed out on a girl you're supposed to be with multiple times because you're too picky or things like that i'm thinking like no i just don't feel it like yeah the woman's not making me feel it like yeah like genuine connection and and compassion and love and all those things are very like they're very organic feelings yeah and you can't force those things just because you know this girl's likes the same color that i do and probably has a good job that doesn't mean i'm gonna like her i've met women that do that have great careers and things like that but it just never it, it never made me be attracted to them it's, yeah like I don't care about your money, mm-hmm. you know. I just, it's a, it's on such a deeper level, man. Yeah, I think um, for me, I, I I don't think like I'm right there, which I never had this. Uh, like I to me, I asked this question because there was a lot of 
there's a lot of people that I see and, you know, a lot of my friends even that are, they, they just end up falling in love, quote unquote, with with the wrong person. And I'm like, like you should have, like you should have seen these red flags from the jump. Yeah. Like, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I guess myself, I just have this, uh, like I'm a very intuitive person. So when it comes to, um, like this, that energy or that feeling like right. you were, you were speaking of, I could feel it very early on, and you know, and then that feeling is either justified or or not justified by them as a person and their True. character, their characteristics, and and how they how they go I about think, their life. I think that you could fall in love with the wrong person because you're the wrong person. Okay. What and what I mean by that is this. You will fall in love with the wrong person because the way you thinking is wrong. Yeah. Like you, your mentality is wrong. Yeah. So even if you got a good heart and you you just you just gonna be all over the place until you learn. Yeah. Yeah. Like it just with with me, like I think the outside perception is like Eddie does he never wants to settle down. He just wants to get pussy. He just wants to do this and that. That's so false. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather have a girlfriend. I'd much rather be in a situation where I'm just with one woman. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, I'm getting older. I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, slinging dick around here and there. Like, that's just <laughs> not, it's not a good look for me. Yeah. It's really not. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like, you just got to work with what you got, man. And and it's, it's I don't know. A lot yeah. of women have been in abusive situations, too. Yeah. I know some women who are good women that I really liked them. I really liked them, but they just was so damaged by the men that they fucked with. That I can't fix. I'm not here to fix you. Yeah. Like, I'm not. At this age, a lot of times you're fixing women. Yeah. And I'm not trying to fix shit. Yeah. <laughs> you need to be whole. If you're not a whole person, I can't fuck with you. What about somebody that's working on themselves? That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I, I have no problem with that. If you come from a situation that's not the greatest and you're working on yourself, yeah. I, could, I could appreciate that. And I would, I would literally be an honor for me to be there within that process. Mm-hmm. To show you how you should be treated, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To show you the amount of respect from example. So as as you're learning your own value and putting yourself on um on a higher level as you should have been, me accompanying you will hopefully make it better. But if you just fucked up, I can't do that, dude. Yeah. Cause you like what what will happen is is I'm filling your cup up, but mine's is fucking empty. Yeah. You know, I like juice. <laughs> <laughs> I like drink. Right? Hey, I don't know how many of you guys realize that uh, you got to be poor to really get it. But back in the day, if you grow up poor, they didn't have, they had a big gallon of this shit called orange drink. <laughs> that shit was like 1% juice. And it was fucking orange dye, but they called it orange drink. I never understood like Bruh. what that meant. I was like, it got to be juice if it's liquid, Bruh. but they feeding you straight chemistry. Bro. And then the, the flavor would just be called orange. <laughs> I was like, they had it grape. don't taste nothing like an orange either. Bro, they had grape drink. They had <laughs> orange drink. I think that's it. Was or, it a red one? It, it might have been it a red one. It was a red one. That was a fruit punch one. Yeah. Fake but, fruit punch. Bro, that's what you, that's the type of shit you drink when you pour, man. Yeah. That that's how was, they be killing you. Yeah, you man, it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, feeding you all that poison. Mama, I want some juice. <laughs> that's not fucking juice, Junior. Okay. <laughs> that ain't juice. Yeah. That is diluted sugar water with dye in it, goddammit. That's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
but not to you know to kind of wrap that up we uh i i just think it's important and you know i haven't i haven't taken therapy yet i I hope to one day when i when i can afford like a regular or like a regular session um but i think if you don't have the means to have or to go to therapy um I think it's just important to work on your self-awareness. And I think that's the most important thing to me in a relationship is just knowing yourself. You know what I mean? Um, I think I remember you were telling the story about how you were um, you weren't eating because you were stressed, you know, you know, and it was partly due to the coronavirus and you were, you know, working on, you know, getting a gun at a certain point and, you know, all these like different emotions wrapped up into your um your lack it of it wasn't even so much the coronavirus that had me fucked up it was mm-hmm. like this i had a form of social anxiety meaning yeah like i was like weary of people mm-hmm. and i didn't realize it you know you're trying to be and it was the very beginning of it so you know you're trying to be careful you're trying not to touch stuff it's like it was a natural anxiety that built up yeah and um during that time it kind of had me a little flustered but i just got over it and mm-hmm. got a system down and i was fine yeah, but yeah, just, I mean, just that type of self awareness, I think, is 100%. like uber important in a in a relationship. So um, definitely, man. Yeah, that's my uh, proposition to anybody out there trying to find uh, a partner. And not <laughs> positive affirmations is cool, and posting those on your Twitter, I mean, on your uh, on your Instagram every day is cool. But you know, you gotta. Like you say, you got to be a whole person out here. Definitely. I think you want to find somebody, you got to find yourself first, too. Yeah. Find yourself, man. Yeah. A lot of you motherfuckers don't know who you are. But uh, switching gears, Uh, Travis Scott uh, had a concert on Fortnite. I think this was awesome. Um, This was probably the most forward-thinking strategy I've seen in years. And the reason why is, is basically Travis Scott was on Fortnite um and he was like this larger than life character and performed like four songs on there and it was an event where if you're playing a game you could you just follow him. you follow him, that's go, crazy go in there and then it pop up and he was doing it and i think it was dope because of the time if travis scott did this before the coronavirus and the quarantine situation i would still be like oh that's pretty dope but i wouldn't give it too much mind but i think travis scott really came in on a moment that was really important because people are quarantined. A lot of people want to go to concerts and do things. That's why the biggest things out right now are like people doing live of uh, live streams, DJing and shit. Yeah, you know, um, that's versus shit. battles. Yeah, mm-hmm. battles and it's important, man. People mm-hmm. need some form of entertainment. It's giving yeah. people something to do, and I think this did that. And uh, also, I think that it was smart because he probably gained a bunch of new fans. Yeah. Um, not only you got to realize that the the platform of of Fortnite has a bunch of motherfuckers, not just Travis Scott fans. Yeah. So there's probably people that play the game like, uh, I'm a little bored. Let me go see what this Travis Scott guy is. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's actually cool. Yeah. And now you got a whole new fan base, which is dope. Yeah, I thought I think that um, the 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 biggest thing that I took away from it was this. Um, I think that Fortnite was taking advantage of hip hop with the dances, you know, right, not paying, not paying go. artists. So I felt like this was almost like a uh, trying to make it, trying to make things right in a sense. And I, you know, we don't know anything about his his contract or or what right. what went on, but I'm sure he probably overcharged them for 
basically all the the um the right. lack of funds that they were given to these you know these kids out of the hood making up these dances that are being displayed around the world um but yeah i thought that was i thought that was cool um just and just the visual aspect of it it was really dope i don't even know when i first heard about it i was like how would you do a fortnite concert like a fortnite concert it didn't really make sense in my head i was like is he going to be like live and can you watch it through the the game or what what's going on but they did it really dope as far as just right. you know having this huge 3d figure of him and you know the 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 whole um the whole um what's the name of his album uh astroworld astroworld yeah all the you know the theme park and the the roller coasters and all these explosions and stuff it was just it was just a dope like dope. a dope visual yeah definitely man I, and this is kind of going to sound like like a you know over analysis but i think Travis Scott going on Fortnite during this pandemic was probably the biggest uh, move in his career. And the reason why mm-hmm. I say that is, you know, based on the fact that this time making yourself accessible when nobody really can do it right now. Like, of course, you know, you could come out with videos, this, that and the third. But to be playing a video game and all of a sudden you see Travis Scott has a concert on there. How many? Who else is doing that? Yeah. You know, that's a huge deal. I'm sure there's going to be other Imagine, imagine if you playing like if they did that to like Madden or Two K. Yeah, you know? like a halftime of, right. of the show. That'd be crazy. Right. Mm-hmm. You have a real halftime show, mm-hmm. and then during the halftime show, it, it'll be like um, uh, it'll just pop up, and it'll be like um, join this, and then you'll see like Drake or whoever else, and they pop it up. They in the studio, or they do like a Drake. It could be literally like Drake. During a halftime show, performing on the court, yeah, that would be, be crazy. so crazy. It would get, it would be huge news, mm-hmm. and it would be. It's very, it's diluted in in regular life without the virus, but in this time, that shit would be big. One other thing I think it did is it, it, it kind of added life to Astro World because yeah. the album came out a long time ago, and yeah. it kind of like got reinvigorated now. Like, yeah, because you hear the songs, you're like, man, I forgot about this one. That you shit know. go in. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty quick. It was only like what, like twelve minutes or something like that. Yeah, but that's a long time for yeah, you know, performing on a video game. Yeah. You look at how many people was engaged, and they gave them special like mic stands that was on fire, and it was yeah, them. yeah. That was so dope, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So shout out to Travis Scott, man. Thank yeah, you. I think it's I think it's dope. I think I think these are the times where the 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 cream rises to the top, right? Because there's certain companies right now that are thriving, as far as like you know food companies and and all these other things, and definitely like a tech company or whatever, like Fortnite, right. where they're just you know it's a bunch of people probably sitting in a boardroom, like you know what we should do? We should get Travis Scott to perform. Right. And then they just put together these visuals and it's just crazy. Whereas there's other companies that are just fighting, trying to stay afloat. Right. And some are going out of business, too. You hear about Ruth, uh, Ruth Chris? No, I don't know who that is. Ruth, Ruth Chris is like a like a steakhouse type oh. deal. And uh, I think they turned down, I think it was 10 or $20 million. They gave it back uh-huh. uh, to small businesses. Oh, okay. Because they had ran out of money. I know the Shake Shack did that too. The Shake Shack did that too, mm-hmm. but it was a Roos Chris. Mm-hmm. I would fact check that, folks. Just mm-hmm. double check, but I believe it was Roos Chris also that turned the money down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's dope, man. I think that what's going to happen now 
is if you're reading the headlines and you see like Shake Shack or Roots Chris, they gave the money back for small businesses. I'll be like, oh, well, I know I'm going to have a stake when they open up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that right now, if you can step up and help people or you find a way to reach out right now, you're going to have a lot of like when shit get back and people start making money, they're going to fuck with you. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, man, like imagine if you're like a clothing company and you say the homeless out here, they ain't got no clothes. Boom. All right. Let's go print up all these different shirts. Yeah. Give them to the homeless. People yeah. find out that you got homeless wearing whatever it is, LRG or whatever else. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, yo, we got to fuck with LRG. <laughs> yeah. It's over. Yeah. Because a lot of people can see the good, like they see the good in the world and they gravitate to it once they get on their feet. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's uh, real. Uh, switching gears. Uh, Steven Jackson, uh, ex-NBA basketball player, had a story about him leaving his uh wife or not never made it to be his wife but his fiance he left her at the altar the story goes like this it's pretty fucked up but i have to say it in short form because he gave the the whole spiel um basically um he was with a woman for for quite a while and he really loved her and cared about her and he said i want to marry you right and they agreed to that and he eventually uh, came up to her with a prenup a prenuptial agreement and uh, he said, I just need you to sign this. And she's like, no problem. I got you. And then over a month goes by. She still hasn't signed it. And he's like, babe, he's like, I don't want to make a big deal out of this, but I just need you to sign it. She said, I've just been busy with the wedding and the planning and everything. And, you know, I'm sorry, you know, but I'm going to get to it. And all you literally have to do with a prenup is fucking sign it. That's it. Yeah. Sign it. And that's it. So it's still not signed. Two months go by, and he's like, why is this not signed? And he starts stressing out. He was crying over it. And his housekeeper at the time said, baby, it's going to be all right. Just just give her some time, whatever. She's going to get it signed. So he gave her the benefit of a doubt. Mind you, before the wedding, he had everything set up. He spent over $400,000 on a wedding. So the day of the wedding happens. The prenup's still not signed. He had told her to get it signed, whatever, right? So uh, it still ended up not getting signed. And then right before they was about to uh, have the ceremony, it still wasn't signed. And then the pastor, see, I left out an important part. This is a very pivotal part. Stephen Jackson wanted to have a pastor that he has known since he was a kid to do the wedding. And it was much cheaper. But his fiance was telling him, no, 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 no. I know somebody that's way better, this, that, and the third. All right. Remember that point right there. Flash forward. They still don't have the prenup signed. Now he's like, I need to sign. The pastor jumps in and says, I don't believe in prenups. Like, I think y'all should still get married. This, that, and the third. So basically the pastor was complicit in her not just signing the fucking prenup. Mm -hmm. It was ridiculous. Then he said, no, I can't do this. And then he had other uh, NBA players there, and they was like, uh-uh, fuck that. You don't do it. Don't, don't marry her, bro. Don't marry her. It was people telling him not to marry her right there at the, at the wedding. That's so crazy. it's so fucked up. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening is that Steven Jackson walks off. He's frustrated. He is crying. This dude is crying just – he said he was crying for over 30 minutes like because he really loved her. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was really hurt. And – it's fucked up because I don't think that society talks enough about women hurting men, dude. Yeah. They they hurt us all the time. I think that we we focus so much on, you know, women being hurt that women like they don't even 
it seems like a lot of them don't even care. They'll just hurt your feelings, have you crying and all fucked up and not even trip. But <laughs> to make a long story short, he said that he was crying and he was just hurting real bad and that um, one of his friend's mothers walked up to him while he was crying. And he, had, he, he said he had snot coming all out of his nose and shit, that she wiped the snot and the tears all off his face and she said, today you became a man. And that's, it's, it was powerful because it's the truth. It takes a situation that fucked up for you to see, like, yo, like, she wasn't signing the prenup because she just wanted me for my money. Yeah. That's so fucked up. And it's so it's so wrong. You know what's crazy about that, too? Like, the, yeah. the biggest takeaway that I, uh, obviously, like, there these there's uh, horrible people in the world. And, right. you know, you don't really know anybody until, you know, these type of uh, situations pop up. Right. Um, the biggest thing that I took away from that is just the vulnerability, the vulnerability yeah. to tell the story on the podcast and then just like just crying. I think it's important for um, a man to 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 be able or to be vulnerable enough to cry. And he was 100%. probably crying that type of person. Steven Jackson, he's such a tough guy. Like, you know, right. he's the one that was in the fights in, in Indiana and, you know, knocking people out in the stands and right. stuff like that. That's the type of guy that probably ain't cried in like 10 years. But he, he actually he said it's, it's different. He said it's actually uh, contrary. He said he's actually pretty sensitive. Dude. Oh, he do be crying a lot? That's, that's what he said. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a trip. You'd be surprised. I seen motherfuckers cry and knock somebody right the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I seen somebody cry and like sock somebody's teeth out. God damn. Yeah, bro. Don't mm. get it twisted. That's another thing, too. I'm not afraid to admit when I've had my feelings hurt and I cried and mm-hmm. I, you know, because it's important. The most, the most, the most powerful thing a man can do is be transparent and honest about his feelings. That's another reason, too, why I, I'm not afraid of relationships, but I'm very careful, you know, because I don't want to have my feelings hurt. I don't want to be crying again. I don't want to be stressed out again. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's important to me. My, my peace of mind is important to me. Mm-hmm. So, like what a lot of women don't realize is a lot of dudes they try to play tough, but they would be hurt if you did them wrong, mm-hmm. right? And so I see some women laugh at it like, "Fuck these niggas, you could do them wrong. They done us wrong before." And it's like they punishing you for all the things that have happened to them. Yeah, a lot of people have a better me, better them than me mentality. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they want to hurt you before you hurt them type of shit. When like I never intended to hurt you ever. Yeah, and you hurt me for nothing. Yeah. Right. I couldn't imagine the amount of pain you would feel as a man if you want to marry a woman and then you find out that she just wanted to use you. Yeah. Man, I would hurt. I would feel stupid. Yeah. And a lot of these uh, people out here and a lot of it is because they don't really be around people with money, but they um, they're against the whole prenuptial agreement. And when did when did uh, Steven Jackson and the girl meet? I don't know the exact date. Oh, okay. Yeah. But obviously he met her when he was already doing yeah, well in life. doing well in life, yeah. Um, so why not? I mean, the imagine if he didn't sign it and then she stayed with him for a year and then all of a sudden she like, this ain't working out for me and just take yeah. off with half of his money. Right, that's fucked up. And mm-hmm. money that she never earned. Yeah. But here's the deal, though. Here's the uh, the extended part of the story that he mentioned. Um, he also stated that that night he was really messed up and hurt and depressed. And then his homies is like, fuck that. We going out tonight. We going to have some drinks. We going to have a good time, man. He's like, you spent all this money on this fucking wedding, man. You got to do something. Yeah. So he got with a couple of his boys that was there. 
and uh, the the I guess the bridesmaids, the ones that was there with his fiance that was with her all weekend and shit. He said he ran into uh, her her bridesmaids and friends, and one of the friends uh, he said, "Hey, hey, come with me, let's go." So he ended up fucking one of his fiance's friends. He said, "You know what? I spent all four hundred thousand dollars on this wedding. I'm gonna have me some fun." And he said she wanted to fuck me the whole time. So he ended up fucking his fiance's best God friend. Dang. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. I don't blame him. I would have fucked her too, to be honest. Mm. If I spend four hundred thousand on a wedding, I'm hurting. I'm fucked up, and I, I don't know, bro. If I see her friend and her friend want to get fucked, she gonna get fucked. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Yeah, dude. I don't have a problem with that shit. You hurt me and got me crying. I'm fucked up. What was it? So the, the bridesmaids had went out and the the girl the fiance, where was she? I don't know where she was. She just in, yeah. Yeah, but uh, the girls that were with, the bridesmaids that were with his fiance during the weekend mm-hmm. before the wedding, he seen one of the girls and was like, hey, come roll with me. So they had drinks and then he ended up smashing it. This is after. This is after. after oh, okay. This is after the okay. fact. This is not before. This is after he got his heart broken at the yeah. fucking wedding. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that, that's that's crazy. But you in the aftermath of that uh, situation, Matt Barnes had came out and uh, basically apologized to his wife, didn't he? Yeah, but it was a different situation. Mm-hmm. I think I think Stephen Jackson had mentioned it was something a different conversation of mm-hmm. admitting when he was wrong about things, mm-hmm. and then Matt Barnes came out and apologized to his child's mother and stated how how things were his fault, how he was sorry about that, mm-hmm. and how he apologized to his ex fiance, he apolog- or his ex wife. He apologized to his ex wife privately, but he didn't do it publicly. Yeah. He said, "I made my ex wife look like a fool publicly and, and apologized privately, but now I'm doing it." in public to let everybody know that I'm sorry, I was the problem, I was this, I was that. So uh-huh. I think that's powerful. But, yeah. But it's but apologies start to mean less and less. As a man, and he's older than me, he's like 40. Mm-hmm. So as a man, you need to change your behavior. Yeah. Period. period. Apologizing is great, but you need to start apologizing less. Yeah, because you're doing right. less nonsense. Right. Mm-hmm. My, my, my objective is if I'm with like if I'm married and relationship, I want to apologize very, very little because I want to make sure that I'm doing what I need to do. Yeah. I'm not going to be cheating, running around, trying to get pussy behind her back. I'm not going to be trying to be in other girl's face. I'm not going to be trying to make her look stupid. That's the number one thing that I don't want to ever look like again is stupid. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't ever want to be with somebody to make me look stupid. Yeah. You know, so that's why I think cheating is just wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I'm right I mean? there with you. Yeah, I don't. I People don't, be acting like it's so hard not to cheat. Yeah, like oh my dick, man. I <laughs> man, I went to the store and I couldn't keep my dick. <laughs> you went to Full Max and you couldn't stop from getting some head, man. What the fuck <laughs> is wrong with you, dude? Bro, it's so hard. It's so hard to cheat. Like you got to navigate so much. You got to make sure your yeah. your Snapchat is. You got to clear conversations. Right, all these things. Like it's it's such it's such hard work. You went to Full Max and got a roasted chicken and a blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> Food cocks. <laughs> Take it to the max. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's nah. crazy. Yeah, that's whack, man. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it just goes to show, um, I'll leave with this. Uh, ladies, we have feelings too. I, I yeah. know I know somebody listening is probably like, come on, Eddie, man, why are you being soft? I am, I am being soft. I think, to be real, 
I think all of us, we need to embrace our masculinity and the certain amount of what they call a divine feminine. Yeah. Right. We're human beings. We have feelings. We have emotions. It's time to start embodying all those things and stop trying to act so fucking hard all the time. Yeah, have you ever seen? I'm sure you have seen it. That dude, Xavier TV. Yeah, he yeah, got yeah. the uh, he got the video basically where he said when the hood nigga don't want to like admit that he's emotional or he's oh like, yeah, he's yeah, yeah yeah that was hilarious yeah and he's like argue, he's like basically talking about his baby moms yeah and he wanted to fight like everybody around him for like yeah. checking on him but that's like a real it, that like to me that's my favorite video of his because it's so it's so layered it's like it's yeah. a joke and I'm sure he's joking but I don't even know if he realized how like complex that idea is because right. it's so much hyper masculinity that goes on and in the black community and especially in the hood and, you know, in these, in these, in these gangbanging societies or whatever (laughs) (laughs) is that, you know, they, they, they don't know how to channel their emotions or they don't know how to recognize when they're actually feeling some sort of thing. So they just take, it just turns into this uh, aggressiveness. Right. Uh, With me, the difference is, is me is if I have to cry, I'm going to cry and I'm not going to feel bad about crying. Not to mention I'll, I'll call my best friend of 20 years you know what I'm saying? Have a conversation man to man about what's going on. And mm-hmm. we we can share each other's experiences. He had times where he's talked to me. I've talked to him. And we share these experiences that it helps me get through it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And having conversations with the closest people. Like, don't say somebody is your friend if you can't call them at 2, 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning and talk. Like, I've, I've, gotten, calls at two, I've gotten calls at 2, 3 in the morning. I answer. Yeah. You know, same thing with some of my best friends. You know, Likewise, me and Keith have had conversations Mm -hmm. like it's important to have these as men, because a lot of times we just want to hold stuff in, hold stuff in. And we got so much pain inside of us, man. Yeah, it's just it's it's like we like a ticking time bomb. Yeah, you got to get that out. You got to get that out. Yeah, you got to get it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People talk about I I don't know what I would compare it to, like holding things in and not addressing your feelings and, and, and your and your problems. That shit could turn into like a, they say a ticking time bomb, mm-hmm. but there's got to be a better analogy for that. Mm-hmm. I would probably compare it to like a bucket of water. Uh huh. It's just like motherfucker filling up, yeah, filling up until it starts, it starts overflowing, until it starts spilling over. Mm-hmm. You don't want to spill over, man. Yeah, because it it doesn't always turn into like this huge like argument or fight or something like that. It could just be like little things here and there, right? You know, little disrespectful I, words, little disrespectful things, right? You know, another thing too, men gotta look at is if you ever dealing with a if you ever dealing with a woman, and y'all get in like a little I don't say like a huge argument, whatever, and you like say something like basically like I don't want to have my feelings hurt, or, or if you basically display any type of emotion to a woman and she dismisses it as if you soft, leave her alone. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, leave her alone, bro. That shit is not gonna go good. That's toxic. That's very toxic. Like, oh, you soft. I knew I should have. Well, yeah. Oh, go ahead and find a man to beat you. That'll work. Yeah. <laughs> That'll work. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Switching gears. Um, there's a movie that Keith referenced uh, or uh, yeah, referenced to me called Guava Island with Childish Gambino. I watched it last night and uh, it was it was actually a decent film, but it wasn't meant to just be like some decent blockbuster film. It was it had a it had like a message behind it. Mm hmm. And um, I'll let Keith take it off, and I'll chime in on it here in a minute. Yeah. So basically, this this movie is uh, it's a, it's on Amazon Prime. If anybody out there wants to check it out after we talk about it, um, but it's I, I guess they had a 
he got a deal with Amazon Prime. So in the movie, it's, it's uh, Donald Glover. It's uh, Rihanna. The movie is written by his brother, Stephen Glover, and it's directed by Hero. Hero is the one that directed uh, This Is America. Mm-hmm. So they all came together. They they shot this film. Basically, the, the, the premise of this is this, like this fictional island where there's... Um, I guess the Guava Island, which would kind of be like sort of this Caribbean island or right. something like that. And basically, it's just a whole bunch of people. It's like a, this real, real working society. And there's this like fictional element at the beginning to where um, they basically uh, trade silk, I believe, mm-hmm. because like there's this sort of like caterpillar that makes this uh, beautiful silk. Right. And then there's this huge guy named Red who basically owns this company of a bunch of people that are just sewing things all day and it's just work 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 constant work and uh so donald glover's character is this like musician who's essentially trying to let people know that they are free you know there's people that clocking in to work every day um so he's just kind of running around the city He's, he's like going to the radio he's going to work he's always like almost like trying to play catch up but at the same time trying to let everybody know even the kids even the the people that he works with that like hey this is although this is like the structure that we have and it seems like we have to go to work today we actually don't true um and society is um like making it so it seems that we have to do this and it's, that's actually not the case so essentially what happens um, he's try he's trying to put on this huge festival to kind of give to just for people to let their shoulders down. Right. And the guy Red brings him in and he threatens him like, "Hey, you better not put on this concert because a concert means that people are going to stay out late, people are going to be drinking, and they're not right. going to show up to work tomorrow." And I want and the guy Red's like, "I want people working every single day. I don't want people taking no days off because if people taking days off, then I'm not making money." Right. And he's just like, "All right." Um, and then he eventually has this huge like festival slash concert and he's up there and he's performing. And then basically Red hires someone to go kill Childish Gambino. And, you know, there's like chase scene and everything. And at the end he gets shot and, and that's pretty much the end. But what happens is Red thinks that he's by killing Childish Gambino, it's going to stop right. the people from, you know, not working when in actuality it had the opposite effect. Right. Like they had this huge uh, funeral service for him. And I don't know if anybody out there has seen like any of like the New Orleans uh, funerals where, yeah. they, you know, they basically carry in the body. They got yeah. a bunch of trumpets and mm-hmm. it's like a celebration versus like this sad thing. Right. So they had so- something like that. And basically Red shows up to the, the factory and he sees there's nobody's, nobody's there. there yeah. Shows up to the dock where they're importing the goods and he sees that no he sees that nobody's there and then he goes out and then everybody's just walking past him having a good time and not working and he's just he just loses his mind. So that's the uh the premise of the or the you know the kind of the story behind it. But kinda of we'll we'll start to get into the certain themes and stuff and how they relate to Definitely. this current time. Yeah, not only that, there was a scene in the movie where, um, I forgot who stated, I think it was a girl, she was walking with him, he said, we live in the most beautiful, what did she say, we we live in the most beautiful place in the world, but uh, we work so hard that we can't even enjoy it. Yeah, he's talking to, so he shows up to yeah. work late, yeah. and they clock in, and then he's talking to that girl. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and what it was, it was basically the parallels to America. Mm-hmm. And one guy was talking, saying, I'm going to move to America and uh, become like an entrepreneur or something like mm-hmm. that. And he was like, 
he's like, and he started laughing. He's like, America? Yeah. This is America. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So the guy the guy had this idea of what America was when in actuality he was He was living in America. He was living in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just like, man. That you know what, you know, that kind of reminds me of like people that want to like move out of Bakersfield. Exactly. People that want to move to Atlanta. Like, man, I gotta get out of here. But in reality, you know, everywhere you are is that same equal opportunity. Exactly. And you, we're uh, a perfect example of that. We're recording our podcast in Bakersfield um in Eddie's living room and right. you know we 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 have moderate success and we 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 are continually growing but we don't we're not trying to find America you no. know we we made it where we are. Yeah, exactly. Not to mention you can move to other cities if you think the grass is greener but it's not about it's not about where you move it's what you have to offer. Yeah. So if you move to another city and you have exactly the same amount of value then it's no point. Uh huh. You're gonna move somebody. So you're gonna move to a totally different state and still be in a rat race. Yeah. When somebody says, "I have a good job," or "I have a good job," or this, I could say, "Okay, maybe you do, but you have a good job, mm-hmm. but you don't have a good passion." Yeah. And that's a problem because I'm seeing that more and more with the more uh, podcast content I put out and the other things that I'm dipping my toes into is that <laughs> I see that that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to drive personally. I'll just be honest. I do it because it provides me a living. I don't hate it, but I don't love it. It's yeah. not it's not my end all be all. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, but at the end of the day, a lot of people don't realize that they're they're just in a rat race. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta you gotta get out of there. Um yeah. What, yeah. what I took from it is this. This is what I took from it, just the over in its overall um meaning is the bottom line of the movie was you are better off dying doing what you love than being stuck in a rat race. Yeah. So by by him going up performing when he wasn't supposed to do it, even though he was threatened, he was like, I'd rather die or risk dying than allowing this motherfucker to tell me that this is all I can have. Mm-hmm. And that's what America is doing. Yeah. America is, is basically, you can retire after working here for 41 years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But right now you're going to work. Yeah. Fuck that. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna retire in my sixties and in that. I don't mm-hmm. wanna do that. Yeah, you should that that's the, the interesting part about the way that they uh they sell you this dream here in America, right? It's like right. you work till you're what, sixty five or something mm-hmm. like that, and then you can have a good life. Yeah. It's like why not have a good life while you're 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 exactly. able to enjoy it why not have a good life when you're 30 or 28 or whatever i don't want to wait till i'm shitting my pants to have a good life yeah too late by then i'm already shitting on myself yeah yeah so i think that's the point he was trying to get across he always had his little guitar with him he was you know running to the radio um he was always dancing he loved making music and playing playing the guitar and stuff like that and um I think that's that's kind of he was, but he was the only one there. So there were the kids that were kind of innocent, but they were almost being indoctrinated into that society as exactly. well. You know, playing with the guns and stuff like that. He was mm-hmm. like, didn't he say like Red gave me the, the you know, the first kids he meets when yeah, he's running the three kids. Yeah. yeah, he said that Red told him he could be a soldier or something like yeah, that. Yeah, um, but he seemed to be the only one in this whole uh, this whole island that was actually like striving for freedom and yeah. sometimes it feels it feels like that you know especially what we're doing we're doing this thing where we're essentially entrepreneurs you know we have a a, a podcast that is eventually going to turn into this this business and we're 
you know, people will hit up Eddie, people will hit up myself like, hey, man, I want to get into that. I want to get into this. Um, but and we give them we give them game and we try to tell them what they should be doing with their with their time. But we ask or we talk to them four or five weeks later and they're still in the rat race. Yeah, they're still going to work. They're still yeah. clocking in. So it's just like, yeah, crazy. I, I just think that in regards to the podcast thing, I've been approached by, by it. I've been approached about it from quite a few times from people. And it's always positive. I always tell them you can do it. I always tell them that, you know, what do you want to do? I ask them questions about it because I want to see them have fun. I want them to say what's on their mind. This shit is like therapy to me, dude. We get oh, yeah. we talk about stuff. Like, I wouldn't be having these conversations with everybody just that I run across in the street. I, I'm sure that there are people listening to this podcast right now who have never met me before, but they live in Bakersfield and they say, hey, this guy's kind of interesting, right? Yeah. And I think that's powerful that somebody that I've never met can listen to what I have to say. And hopefully they can relate to something that I say. Yeah. And they can disagree. That's fine, too. I don't expect everybody to agree because that's mm-hmm. not the real world. But yeah, um, I just love doing this. Mm-hmm. And even with this quarantine and everything, that's not enough of an excuse for me to not perform and do this. Yeah. This is something this is something that we've done 109 weeks now. That is insane. Especially like the way that we we. uh we have this going. It's a small, extremely small production. It's only two of us here. Right. So we don't have to rely on six people in a room to right. get a podcast out. Um, and this is uh, this is probably how it's going to be for for right. the rest of, you know, yeah. until, we, until we keep it going, you know? You got less. If you got less. It, it depends, though. We make a lot of money. I don't think. <laughs> but I'm making a lot of money. I'm not going to, you know. Yeah. But I, I like to. I think about um, obviously you want to kind of consolidate certain jobs, but 100%, yeah. the only person you can really rely on in this world is yourself. Oh my God. Don't get yeah. me started. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent, dude. Yeah. That's a hundred percent. I don't like telling people, I don't be like asking things for things twice, mm-hmm. you know? Like, yeah. No, totally. Dude. But yeah, it was, uh, there was some other uh, points in there. One of the, one of the interesting like symbolisms or symbols in the movie was this bird. So when you when you watch the movie, there's a point in it where um, Donald Glover's character walks into Red's office because they ki- basically they kidnap him. He performs "This Is America" like a this uh, this version of it that fits into the film. And then at the end of it, the there's these not I don't know like people that capture him. They put a little bag over his head and then they bring him into Red's office. And then when you walk it, and when when he walks in there, you can see. A bunch of birds in cages and stuff, um, which is, you know, anybody would know that like that kind of symbolizes like the cage bird, right, essentially. Right. Yeah. So at the end of the movie, after the, this festival and the concert, um, some people come into the crowd and they start to shoot at uh, Donald Glover's character. His name is Denny. They start to shoot at Denny and then he takes off running and then he runs like back basically uh through these alleys and these backways and yeah. stuff like that and then at the end he uh he stops and he sees this bird out of its cage and it's kind of just sitting there and it's like like tweeting or whatever and um basically that symbolizes this bird is like out of his cage right. and that like his concert essentially freed an entire country or right. freed an entire people right so i thought that was um like some dope symbolism 
right, here's the thing. If you're not a person that likes to find nuggets in movies, then I don't even suggest you watch it. <laughs> if you're a person that likes watching like Fast and Furious and that's it, like this ain't going to be for you. <laughs> if you like tying things together, like it's certain things that like when you like movies like this, they just kind of jump out at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely thought it was a, a good film for what it was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it was only like 55 minutes. Yeah. Did you catch the um, the Ariana Grande song in there? Yes, I did. The time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, because I watched it when it first, like, there was a literally. There songs in there. That yeah. yeah. I watched it probably, I think it came out last year, and I watched it maybe like a day after it dropped. Yeah. And um, obviously his album came out, right. uh, what, last month. So um, it was just interesting seeing, like, you know, how, like, things work out as far as, like, time. And, you, you know, you work I, on something three years ago or whatever, and now right. it eventually comes out. That, yeah. that song is a slapper, bro. Yeah. And and then Ariana Grande is singing her ass off. Yeah. I had that blaring over my subs, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, But I'm kind of upset that the song that we seen him in concert didn't get on there. Yeah. That was such a good song. Yeah. Live, it was good. Yeah, and the way he presented it was so cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just been working on some new stuff, and then he's just like dropping his freaking laser beams hitting yeah, you in the head. So dope. <laughs> but I was thinking, um, you you always said that you think there's going to be a another album. I think another there's pro- going to have to be because this is America wasn't on that project. No. Yeah, it, it was a couple. Of, uh, that was pretty much it. This is America, and then Summertime Magic is on it, yes, right? It is, yes, but, but it's not called Summertime Magic. It's called like. Five point three eight, yeah. whatever it is. On my, I think on mine it says, it might not say it. You're right. Nah, You're right. Yeah, it don't yeah. say it on mine. You're right. So You're that's right. why I think that this symbolism or whatever it is, I don't know what this means. Yeah. I have no idea what it means, but mm-hmm. it's, it's he's a very mysterious guy, so I don't mm-hmm. really know what it means, but I feel like there's another album. Yeah. I think the quarantine, pro- I don't know if it interfered with his rollout, but probably to a certain extent, um, I don't know. You know, you never know what these kind of like, you know, celebrities, they just they just kind of do what they want. I want to like this year and I may be selfish for wanting this, but I want to hear Nipsey Hussle's posthumous Posthumous, album. album. Like, I know there's got to be something. Yeah, I know there's got to be a lot of music out there. I don't know if they ever want to put any out. Yeah. But fuck, I would love to hear it. I think Mike and Key's got some bangers with him, too. Yeah, and he was getting into a like a pocket with oh, this, yeah. like just the way he um, he stepped up from his mixtapes to his his mm-hmm. his, uh, his first album. It was like a huge step up. The production Man, was crazier. He, he got with the studio. Yeah, he got with Diddy. He got with a bunch of other people. He got yeah. with um, uh, what's the name? Marsha Marsha Ambrosius. Yeah, Marsha Ambrosius. Yeah. yeah, he got with CeeLo and just all these these people, and he yeah. just made a great album. So I know, like, coming back, and even that momentum of the Roddy Rich record, and, you know, Roddy Rich goes on to pop off, and, it, yeah, he was he was priming himself my, for a great yeah. second album. My favorite song on there is actually with T-Fly. Which one is that? T-Fly. Uh, oh, my God, what's it called? Oh, man. If you I can look, look it up. up. Yeah, yeah. look it up. That's the hardest song on there. Yeah. Mine is... Um, you gotta look at the track list. Yeah, bro. That's a classic album. Not because he died. That's how I felt before he passed. That's yeah, I bought the physical like the physical CD. Man. So I was really like... I was just happy for him um, just, to, just to have 
that sort of success and to have that that rollout after being in the game for so long. That's why when it comes to us, it's like if we don't pop off as a podcast until like four or five years from now, we can lean on a guy like Nipsey Hussle. Like, you yeah, know, this he, shit take time, dude. It's not he a did fucking, it. Yeah. Yeah. This shit is not a, keys to the city too. keys to the city. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. about to look that up. My phone went off. Right when I fucking turn it off airplane mode. Yeah, some Tinder notifications. Bling, bling, bling. Pussy, 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 pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. That's all I got. Um, folks, uh, we'd like to say uh, thank you for mm-hmm. uh, the over the 15,000 yes. total listens. You know, it took us two years, but it's the very beginning of a very long journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K. Fings. Out of here. Peace.